I'm back. Okay. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> we'll power through. But right, I just said... I just said right. Welcome one and all to episode 118 of the original Giraffe Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, Seth Cox. With me tonight, my co-host, Justin Higdon. And Justin, we are... Well, we were into week three of our college football preview for 2021, but we're going to sidestep that for a week and, and talk about one of the, you know, bigger topics to come up that covers the NFL draft. And that is the big move of the East-West Shrine Bowl. And the dates are changing. The, the venue is changing. And how it's going to affect the off-season workouts for these pro prospects. It was kind of a, a huge deal that Eric Galco was able to... The East-West Shrine Bowl is moving to Las Vegas. Justin, how are you, man? I'm doing great. I, I was. We were talking about this uh, off the air. And first of all, we should mention this week, uh, there's a little weather in Seth's area, so uh, we apologize if there's some uh, interruptions with the sound, but um, we had a, a topic kind of fall into our lap this week when the East-West Shrine Bowl announced that it was moving to Las Vegas, and uh, the game itself is set to be played on February 3rd, 2022. That's a Thursday night, and that's going to be covered in primetime, I believe, on NFL Network. Uh, the event is going to run from Thursday to Thursday. So that would be January 27th, 2022, up to uh, the date of the game, which would be, again, February 3rd, 2022. And uh, moving to Las Vegas, and interestingly enough, when the NFL announced a 17-game schedule, the Senior Bowl adjusted their play date to be February 5th, 2022, which is that Saturday. So... Uh, certainly now you have interference between the two events, whereas the Shrine game was always played the week before. The Shrine Bowl was always the week before the Senior Bowl. So scouts were able to go to Tampa St. Pete area. Scouts and and media were able to go to that uh, Tampa St. Pete area and cover the game and practices for the Shrine Bowl and then jet over to Mobile and cover the Senior Bowl. And this week, or this year, there's going to be some crossover between the two. My timeline, I, and I reached out, but I did not get a, a response just yet to see what the Shrine Bowl practice schedule is going to look like. But it's going to be sometime between January 28th and February 2nd. And based on Senior Bowl timelines, their practices are going to be between February 1st and February 4th. So the first thing that I noticed was people were immediately, uh, the gut reaction from a lot of media was that the Shrine Bowl was making a mistake to go head-to-head, I guess, with the Senior Bowl. There's definitely going to be some crossover of when these things take place. So um, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about what I think about this, but what did you think about that and, and the criticism that came out right away? I think people are just upset that their vacations are getting dwindled slightly. <laughs> um, well, the media, because certainly. there are a lot of media members that are able to 
yeah, they're able to piggyback uh, two vacations off of the Senior Bowl and uh, Shrine Game and, you know, or the Shrine Game and Senior Bowl, I guess, is the way you would put it. Um, and, you know, going head-to-head, quote-unquote, is a gutsy move by Galco, but they want this to look and feel like it's not an inferior product. And let's be honest, it's always been considered the JV game. And so if you're maybe not going head-to-head, but you're overlapping some, now you're going to give some prospects an opportunity to make a a decision and, and make decisions based on what they feel is better for them in terms of competition, where to go, coaching, you know, those things of those that nature. And in the same vein, you're going to have to, you know, be honest with yourself what you would rather do as a media member. Would you rather go cover the quote-unquote better prospect pool in, in Mobile, Alabama? Or would you rather go cover what looks to potentially be like the more enjoyable event in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So, yeah, and not, not only that, but you've got uh, the decision of from NFL teams of like where where to send your personnel and who you're going to send to each event. There are going to be some people certainly who are going to be present. You know, maybe at the early Shrine Bowl practices that that will then jet over to Mobile and and uh, be there for the early Senior Bowl practices for sure. But um, you. As a, as media guys, like I've I've gone to the shrine I've gone to the Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl both in the same year a couple of times before, and it was quite easy to do both the way it was set up, and now you're looking at some interference. Um, I think you'll see more media people that are trying to do both. They'll, they might skip the Senior Bowl weigh-in day, um, get there more for the practices. But I think there's going to be some interesting things that happen down the road. And maybe not this year, because let's talk a little bit about if they're going to be directly competing for players. I think at this stage, um, you know, well, one thing I wanted to say was you're almost eliminating the possibility from for uh, that we've seen in the past where Shrine Game competitors would perform well in their practicing game and then get kind of a call up to the big leagues, the senior bowl, right? Uh, that's going to be difficult to make that happen. You might still see some call ups that, that show up um, that might get called up from the practices from shrine game, but they're not going to be able to play in both games as we've seen in the past. It's uh, they're, they're too close together. One being a Thursday, one being a Saturday. So, um, so you look at the early East West shrine bowl names that, that, the account and that Eric Galco are talking about, and they're mostly talking about quarterbacks at this point, but uh, they've mentioned uh, Brock Purdy, the quarterback from Iowa State. They've mentioned Tanner Morgan from Minnesota, the quarterback there. Uh, you got Mackenzie Milton, who is, we know, was badly injured at UCF and now is making a comeback, transferring to Florida State. And they've talked also about Tulsa offensive lineman Chris Paul, and Jacksonville State quarterback Zarek Cooper. So it seems like they're still keeping consistent with their targets 
where the Shrine Bowl has always targeted the players that would be drafted somewhere between the third round to um, seventh round and then undrafted free agency. And uh, you look at the Senior Bowl names that they're talking about, and they seem to be from the bigger programs. You know, Justin Ross, I think, from the wide receiver from Clemson, probably the biggest name that they've talked about early on on their Twitter feed. So right now, I don't, at least on paper, on Twitter, it doesn't seem like they're competing for the same players. But I, I just have this feeling that this is designed to eventually be a, com- a competitive situation where the Shrine game is actually going to try and draw top prospects or, or top seniors away from the Senior Bowl, make them make a choice. Well, and like some of the names that you mentioned already are, are, are interesting, you know, um, are interesting names to keep an eye on because like you said, there, the Shrine game has been used as a call-up, so to speak. Would you not, you know, or like a, a minor league audition to get to the major league uh senior bowl right right and that, that's what i was saying like i think but then you're gonna have yeah i think they're they're kind of eliminating that possibility or really limiting it well and now you know you you talked about you know some of the names well what about a guy like um tyler show who transferred from oregon to texas tech like he's as an Oregon guy, he's typically a senior bowl guy, right? But he goes to Texas Tech. Has a nice, you know, finish to his career there. Would he be able to still get a senior bowl invite? Probably, because he was a big guy. But now he's, you know, as a, a Texas Tech guy, he's probably more in line with the shrine game, right? Like, I mean, that's typically how it goes is the, I know Texas tech is in the big 12, but you know, unless it's Patrick Mahomes, they're not really sending a lot of quarterbacks to the senior bowl. Right. And, and, and uh, I think I don't see the way it's set up right now. Like I, it doesn't seem like they're competing with each other, but I think it's a situation that will develop down the road because you will ultimately have some players. We've seen it before. Shrine Game usually sends out their invites earlier than Senior Bowl, and we'll see guys commit to the Shrine Bowl and then and then decommit, I guess, and then go to the Senior Bowl. Now, it might still be attractive. I mean, it will still be attractive and maybe even advantageous from a marketing standpoint to go and be present in Las Vegas. So there may be a talent gap uh, closing between these two games. And it's, it's not something that the Shrine Bowl is tipping right now. If that's their intent, that's not something that they're tipping. But it is something that, that came up when uh, I, I saw Jeff Schwartz tweet this after uh, Adam Schefter tweeted out the news. He said he wouldn't be surprised to see the Senior Bowl move out west as well. And uh, Jim Nagy, who heads up the Senior Bowl, of course, he tweeted, the draft starts in Mobile, not out west. So I feel like Nagy's already sensing it, right? But 
Shrine Bowl is playing it close to the vest. They're still targeting those mid-round to late-round prospects. But I have to imagine there's a, a, an impetus behind this move that's meant to attract bigger names. If it's not the names initially, it might be the media and the attention. Because right. the other question right. you have and the, the other information that that is important to add to all of this is the fact that these new rules are in place where guys can make money now off their own likeness and they can and you know create a brand and so you have to imagine Vegas, because it is a tourist destination and Mobile, Alabama is not a tourist destination, would be able to open up opportunities to see a guy like, uh, like you said, Brock Purdy. Purdy's from Arizona. It's a four-hour, four-and-a-half-hour drive, literally a less-than-an-hour flight to go to Vegas if you're a, a Brock Purdy fan and go see him. And if you're Purdy and you're his people, what is one thing you could potentially do in Vegas? You could, you know, rent space in a hotel and do signings, do, you know, do you could now all of a sudden you can like, like you've, you know, talked about before you. I think we, we lost Seth, but uh, what, what he's trying to say is um, I think now there's more opportunity for some of these guys to build off of, you know, certainly their amateurism would have expired by the time they're in these all-star games. They'll be willing to draft season at this point. But um, you've already got guys creating their brands because of this new name, image, and likeness rule. And it's an opportunity for them to go to Vegas and capitalize on those opportunities. Whereas when you're talking about the Senior Bowl, almost all of the population influx in mobile that week is nfl team personnel and draft media football media where in vegas you've got not only the influx of the nfl people and the media people but you've also got people streaming in and out of las vegas all year round it offers a great opportunity for these players who are already right now establishing their brands and establishing their um you know starting to get their marketing established to continue to monetize that and vegas is certainly uh, i i love mobile it's an attractive city it's got that old southern feel to it it's it's actually on the shore there's a beach there but vegas is vegas it's bright lights big city and uh these players are going to have an opportunity to market themselves in a bigger way i think that's something that it's weird because i haven't heard a lot of people talking about this but that's the first thing that jumped to my mind is, oh, they're competing with the Senior Bowl because they're offering players a unique opportunity to be in a big city, in an NFL city, where there's an NFL team now. And uh, it, I just was really struck by that. I think the Shrine Bowl is making moves, and I think Nagy's feeling the heat a little bit. Well, to be fair, Vegas has beaches too. They're just in the hotel. Right. <laughs> the, the the beautiful hotel with the uh, beautiful people and beautiful gambling and yeah so 
I guess that's that's the bottom line when you ask it. Like, if you're gonna go, if you're only gonna be able to go to one, and you're you're booking a a trip, what are you going to do? Are you gonna go to Mobile, Alabama? What you just said, like it's it's a charming, nice place. Uh, yeah, um, it's, it's very cool town. I mean, I love it. Or, but it's, or are uh, you gonna go to Vegas for five days with the boys? Well, so let's talk about that from our standpoint. You know, we we do a draft show. Um, We've gone out on location in the past. I mean, I know I've done Shrine Game and Senior Bowl in the past, both. Um, there's a good chance we're gonna one of us is gonna be on location somewhere for one of these games, and it's probably gonna be Vegas. You live close to Vegas. I've uh, I just came back from Vegas a few weeks ago, so it's a place where we go frequently. Frankly, the flights are easier to get; they're cheaper for us to to fly there. Uh, we know the spot, so it's something that you're probably going to get an opportunity to get some uh, original draft breakdown podcast coverage live from the Shrine Bowl week that week in one way or another. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, the reality becomes the guys at the Senior Bowl, I would say, what, 98% of them, maybe more? Um you mean it's ninety eight percent guys at the senior? Well, that that too. <laughs> but it's like, but the the guys at the senior bowl, ninety eight percent of them. There's not really much more you're going to learn by going to the senior bowl. Um, Emory Hunt, our our great friend, has talked about this quite a bit. Like, if you're changing a lot of of what you know about a player based on what you saw at the senior bowl, then you haven't watched enough of that player. And then that's not, and that is one thing that these offseason, I mean, for people like you and I, it's going to introduce us to, you know, late day two, early day three guys. But for for guys that are, you know, supposed to be dug in and, and doing hundreds of draft prospects and, you know, knowing the undrafted free agent crop like the back of their hand, you're not learning anything new at the Senior Bowl. Like it was, quite right. frankly, it, I mean, it, it it was a it was a nice excuse to go down and get away for four or five days, like you said, in a nice serene place. Like you didn't have to worry about much, and and you went and you had a lot of fun. And and the football was, it was the background of basically a dude's weekend. Let's be right. Honest. You were hanging out with the boys. You were hanging out with the boys. You were you were going out to Veets or some of the other bars and establishments down there. You were eating some uh, good barbecue and you were catching guys that you were pretty familiar with. And I used to call and I, I used to call the Shrine Bowl like nitty gritty scouting. That's why I used to go to I've been to Tampa St. Pete for the Shrine Bowl more times than I've been to Mobile mainly because it's a, a more convenient to get there but also it was very much that when even as a guy who kept like a two or three hundred player board all throughout the season I was having to look up and do research on some of the players that were being invited to the East West Shrine Bowl whereas I knew most of the names if not all of the names that were going to Mobile so but I I think the big story here is that that's going to shift or they're trying to shift that and get more of those bigger names out to to Vegas. And I wonder what it's going to do for the NFLPA game because the NFLPA game's always been played out, I believe in Carson uh, or some, somewhere in California. 
I think I want to say Carson, but I might be misremembering that. But that's a that's kind of the third tier All Star game that still gets a few a handful of no known names. But who are they going to get when you've got this draw out west for Vegas? So I think we might see a more com- competition between the Senior Bowl and Shrine game, and then those. Later round and undrafted free agent guys are going to be grappling for spots in that NFLPA game, and now I think the Hula Bowl that they're playing in Hawaii now. So there's there are options out there. There are plenty of events for guys to get into, but I, I feel like this Shining Bowl is definitely making a play here to get bigger names. That's my opinion, and I I'm surprised more people haven't put two and two together. That's why I was surprised when. People were saying, oh, I can't believe they're competing against the Senior Bowl. Who's going to go? And I'm like, who's going to go? It's Vegas. Right, exactly. Anything else on the Shrine Bowl move that you wanted to cover this week? No, I I think I've pretty much uh, planted my flag here. So we'll see if I'm right or, uh, you know, if anybody who's listening with who's in the know wants to shoot, shoot this down, please do. But for now, it's. To me, it's been very quiet on that front, and I'm very interested to see how this move changes the landscape of the pre-draft process. You got any hot takes before we get out of here? I do, and it's uh, coming from ESPN's Dan Orlovsky, and Orlovsky was on Get Up, ESPN's morning show with Mike Greenberg, and this was last week, I think later on in the week but he was talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and he said if the Eagles could go back right now and redo that decision I'm 100% convinced they would not have taken Jalen Hurts Orlovsky was uh, absolutely saying that he believes that Carson Wentz is the clearly superior player that the Eagles' choice to draft Hurts led to the discontent for Wentz and the eventual move of uh, dealing Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. My problem with this take is that it's it's really the uh, Skip Baylessification of, of sports broadcasting. Here's a guy, Dan Orlovsky, and he's making this point about Hurts and he, he also said, if Jalen Hurts plays as well as he can, he can't sniff as good as Carson Wentz is. I am not sure of Jalen Hurts' staying power as the Philadelphia Eagles starting quarterback, but why do you have to go full cowherd and, and skip Bayless and, and say he can't sniff as good as Carson Wentz was? Carson Wentz was terrible last year. He was, well, and, and he was Let's awful. be fair, Wentz has only had – one great season. And we know Ever. that he didn't make it through the playoffs in their championship year. We know that Nick Foles when, when he had when he had the great season. And to that point, it wasn't like they missed a beat with Foles. And uh, trust me, I'm a Wentz guy. I've liked Wentz you, all yeah, along. Yeah, you have. You always have. But, and I'm not. And I'm not, to be fair. But that is such a crazy-ass thing to say when you're talking about a guy that was just traded because he's I mean he's been not good I don't know another way to put it 
Yeah, and I just don't think Orlovsky needs to, to disparage Hertz, who we've seen start, I think, four games. And we know he's a, a hard worker. We know he started for two major college programs. We know he's got uh, a ton of ability as a runner that's going to open things up for their offense. And we've seen teams more recently use that as a tool to have successful offenses. So I don't even know how he can say if, if Hertz plays as well as he can, he can't sniff as good as Carson Wentz is. Like, Carson Wentz wasn't good last year. I think even Carson Wentz would agree to that. And Hertz is a player with upside potential. And certainly the Eagles' plan seems to be to give him the chance this year to uh, make, you know, let them decide whether or not they need to draft a quarterback next year. But Orlovsky, he feels like he has to get into this realm of you know, uh, first take, talking head type of disparagement of a player at – you know he's he's pump, he's I guess pumping up Carson Wentz at the expense of Jalen Hurts, and I just found it to be unnecessary. Um, he may end up it may bear true what he's saying, but it it certainly is a bold thing to say after the season Wentz had, and in the way he said it, I just found it kind of distasteful. That'll and be I, it I from- should say I should say we probably said some things like that too on this show. Um, we'll try not to though in the future. You know. And it's not even that we try not to. It's just that, like, it, it's one thing if you say, if Jalen Hurts plays the best he can, he'll never sniff Tom Brady's greatness or, you know, Patrick Mahomes' right. greatness. But, right. like, the dude who couldn't beat him out in Philly and got traded away for pennies on the dollar, he can't sniff that? Like, come on, man. Like... We're talking a league average quarterback. Now, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he can't sniff being a league average quarterback, but you know, either come with that and say like, look, Carson Wentz is league average and Hurts is never going to sniff league league average. At least then you have a guideline, but now you're making it sound like Wentz was actually a multi-season MVP candidate, not a one-time MVP candidate who got hurt and never regained that, you know, ability. Yeah, and I mean, to to be completely honest, I think that Hurts is going to prove some people like Orlovsky wrong, and I think Orlovsky's kind of just moved away from the thing that made him um, popular initially, which was some really good breakdowns in quarterback analysis, to now just becoming another uh, cartoonish kind of talking head critic that they have on ESPN and other sports networks these days. And that'll do it from us tonight. We appreciate you listening as always. If you want to get our second podcast of the week, then make sure to subscribe to our Patreon page. Uh, We drop a second podcast every week on there. Uh, We also have Justin's been hitting the breakdowns for each of the top 25 in the college football early ESPN rankings rank uh, discussing, I guess is the best way to put it, their best prospects and um, who to know going into this 2021 college football season and 2022 NFL draft season. Um, But if not, we'll be back next week with another free episode of the original draft breakdown podcast we appreciate you guys listening as always 
guys, and uh, have a great week, everybody. What do you guys think for the outro for now? Um, I mean, I don't know yet. We pro- we might be able to record something. We can for now. We could do. Um...